Welcome to the Research Reimagine podcast, brought to you by Nottingham Trent University. I'm your host, Helen Darby-Dowman, and I'll be inviting some of NTU's brightest minds to explore how their research is helping us to deepen our understanding of the world. From online addictions to transgender rights and sleep disorders, listen as we discuss some of society's most pressing challenges and uncover some of the ways our research is making a difference. February is LGBTQ plus history month a month-long observance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and queer history. Its purpose is to shed light on the challenges and experiences encountered by the LGBTQ communities and promote greater awareness and understanding. To mark the occasion, I'm here with Dr Beth Jones and Liam Cahill from Nottingham Trent University's LGBTQ Health and Wellbeing Research Group to talk about LGBTQ History Month and how to be a better ally to the community. Beth, Liam, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Liam, would you just start us off by telling us why LGBTQ plus History Month is so important? Yeah, I think it's um, really important um, for various reasons. I think uh, primarily it's really great for bringing visibility to um, minoritised and marginalised communities, really, and and really giving a voice to to those communities. Um, And I think as well it's really great for countering some of the misinformation that we have um, in relation to the community. So... Um, in relation to sort of media and things like that have very key messages about the LGBTQ plus community but actually when you see what happens during LGBTQ plus history month you really get a feel for what actually happens within the community so it's really great for countering that that misinformation I think yeah. And Beth can you can you tell us a little bit about what the picture is like the current picture for for the community? Yeah it's quite a complex picture Um, I think Things are definitely progressing. Um, we see a lot more awareness um, and visibility of the LGBTQ plus community, especially in relation to gender identity. But with that increased visibility, um, sometimes comes a bit of negative backlash. So because then these communities are in the limelight, sometimes um, the LGBTQ plus communities' lives are kind of put up for debate and um, they shouldn't be put up for debate and that can be quite problematic in terms of the progression and positive progression. So we're definitely moving in the the right direction and we've seen quite a lot of progress recently Um, but as I say sometimes the picture can be quite complex because with that visibility can come some negative um, comments as well about the community. And and is that progress deemed as being quick or, or, or slow? Um, Again, I think it's really complex and really difficult to say. I think at the minute there's a lot of um, kind of information out there, a lot of visibility within the media. So from that perspective, you'd say progress is really quick. But as I said, um, often what is covered in the media can be quite negative and that can have then obviously um, negative consequences for the progress um, for, for the community. In terms of the media kind of attention that's given to to the LGBTQ mm. plus community, I mean, can we talk a little bit about that in terms of kind of how it is presented and the impact that has on, on the community? Um, I think it comes as no surprise that the LGBTQ plus community is shown quite frequently within the media. I think you, you can find that through various different types of media, particularly social media. Um, things like Twitter, for instance, um, and it can often be quite sensationalised. So often, um, 
stories about and the experiences of people within the community can be taken and really sort of people run with that um, and can really sensationalize the experience of the community and it's often not the case that, that it is like that um, and unfortunately within recent years we, we do have a government that does speak quite um, vocally about particular issues particularly when we're talking about trans and gender diverse people we've just recently had guidance around schools um, and so teachers having to disclose um, when 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 their pupils are questioning the gender identity and oftentimes that can be framed quite negatively within the media um, I think certain media outlets tend to run with that and can, and, and can present quite a negative sort of opinion on these types of issues I think and is there what could we do that would be different you know is there a suggestion of how that could look and have a more positive impact I, th I think really and this goes back to why lgbtq plus history is so important is giving voice to um, people within the community so oftentimes we find that media um, and discussions around this are made by people who really a don't have any connection with the community they very rarely have any contact with people in the community and often it's them the loudest voices that sort of speak about these issues but actually we don't really pay much attention to people within the community I think one of the ways is just giving people a voice within the community. I think LGBTQ plus history month is important for that purpose, I think. Why do you think that is, that we don't have enough emphasis on the people in the community and it's, it's more about what we just see in the media and that kind of sensationalised image? Well, I think it's because it sells. Um, I think sensationalised, sensationalising anything t tends to sell more and actually gets people on board. And, and unfortunately throughout time <laughs> the lgbtq plus community has been the group that a lot of people in society turn to to kind of alienate as a way of sort of like at the minute the government with their attempts with alienating trans and gender diverse people is, is, is in effect to bolster their own populism i suppose um so i think that's one of the main reasons that we see a lack of emphasis on the voice of the community because it's not as you know it doesn't sell as much basically i suppose I think as well, a lot of the community are quite afraid to come forward um, because through doing that, they're making themselves visible and they're worried about the negative consequences, um, I suppose both psychologically from the hate crime that they might get, but also they might put themselves at physical um, risk through harm as well. So I think a lot of the community are quite afraid to, to come forward and speak as well about their experiences. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this, that what the impact is mm. on the community. I mean, is there a bit more that you can share with us on that? Yeah, definitely. So from an academic perspective, we talk about minority stress um, a lot. And um, this stress is unique to marginalised populations like the LGBTQ plus um, community. And often we describe it as having um, a social cause. So it's related to experiences of stigma, prejudice, discrimination. And unfortunately, we know that from extensive research now with the LGBTQ plus community that minority stress is associated with um, more anxiety, depression, um, compared to what we see in the cishet um, community. But also we see um, a lot of self-harm behaviour and the statistics around death by suicide amongst um, the community are also quite alarming and much higher than we see again within the cishet community. 
Um, but that also relates to physical health. So we know there's a really strong connection between mental and physical health. So we know that if we're putting psychological stress on the community, that is going to make them more vulnerable to certain types of cancer, um, certain types of heart disease as well. So it's an all round kind of really negative picture, this kind of social stress um, that the community are, are vulnerable to. And from your research, um, looking into and, and discussing, I know that you've done a lot of work talking to people within the LGBTQ plus community. What is it they're finding is supportive? Are they finding that the support has increased and is and is that having a positive impact? Yeah, I think I think within recent years, support has definitely increased. But like the flip side to that is that obviously that there's greater pressures and, and, and negative attitudes within society that's kind of pushing backwards. I think that uh, people within the community particularly feel that just somebody approaching them with an understanding mindset is really, really beneficial for, for their experiences, I think. Um, you know, for, from the perspective of, of somebody who potentially doesn't know much about the community, um, just educating yourself on particular terms used within the community, particular aspects of of the community i think that goes a long way in terms of maybe not directly supporting people in the community but actually just seeing that there are people that are taking time out of their day to really try and learn about these things i think that's really really that they view as being quite a beneficial um thing really so is there a feeling within the community that it's almost a bit of isolation because people are so i guess uneducated that perhaps they just stay clear of it rather than kind of it's not that they they don't want to engage they just don't really know how to yeah and i think also it, it, from the perspective of people who are trying to engage that there's a kind of a, a pushback from them as well feeling that they, they can't make mistakes and that actually if they make one mistake then you know they're potentially going to offend the person but actually people within the community are very understanding that people do make mistakes. I think people just need to accept that that does happen and just learn from those as long as you are willing to learn from your mistakes, um, like accidentally using the wrong pronouns in the first instance. As long as you're willing to learn from those mistakes, that's the kind of key thing that I think people in the community really value and respect that you're actually doing that rather than kind of keeping a sort of firm head on and not really being open-minded, I think. So are there any further suggestions for people of how they can be more involved um, and, I guess, inc be more inclusive to everybody? Well, I think one thing, and it's really nice to see in recent years, is that just acknowledging um, diversity in um, sexual and gender identity. So we've had things like Heartstopper recently, which is a show on Netflix, which has been really great for really kind of bringing to light just the experiences of young um, um sexual and gender minority youth um, within the UK and I think things like that just acknowledging within kind of society that these identities do exist and really not treating them as being something that isn't normal I think um, that is one main thing that I think would really help people within the community. So Liam you just talked about Heartstopper and I know that there is far more positive visibility of um, LGBTQ plus community on our, on our television screens can you talk to me a little bit more about that and, and the positive impact and maybe kind of that correlation then to what we see in other types of media? Yeah, I mean, Heartstopper was, I would argue, it was quite revolutionary when it came out last year or the year before. I can't remember exactly when it came out. Um, because when I was growing up, there was nothing like that on TV. Um, and, you know, if there was, a, for instance, you know, a 
same-sex relationship on TV at the time, it would be something that, you know, it would be like, oh, my God, that's, you know, unusual. Whereas now, it's great to see um, so much representation of sexual and gender minorities on our screens, but also talking about the experiences of um, LGBTQ plus youth, because oftentimes um, people in the community don't actually get to experience their youth. So it's nice to see that on TV and actually normalizing that experience. Um, but I think there's a lot of other positive um, examples as well. Doctor Who recently, um, around Christmas time, um, the Christmas special, um, Shooty, um, the new Doctor, obviously identifies within the community, but also um, Yasmin, who was also in Heartstopper as well. So I think the kind of um, representation that, that normalize, um, normalizing the experiences is really, really great. And actually, I think that's one of the main um, steps towards improving attitudes towards communities, actually just seeing people on our screens and actually seeing that these are normal experiences because oftentimes media can lead you to believe i mean if you look at statistics around um gender and, and sexual minorities in the uk it might lead you to believe that there's very few people that identify um as part of the community but actually that's not really the case um and when you start normalizing these experiences i think that's one of the easiest ways and best ways of really encouraging positive attitudes i think i mean beth i know that in other parts of the media it's maybe not such a positive outlook can you share with us a bit about that yeah so often we see uh more negativity on um social media for example and that seems to yeah be quite balanced towards um the negative so we might see these shows like the doctor who show over christmas but then we see quite a lot of negativity on social media and we see the same um, within the news as well so there are often then a lot of um, online news articles that take a more negative stance um, towards um, the community so while we're seeing that progression in terms of visibility which is really important that unfortunately then is almost kind of um, dampened by this negative um, social media and with the popularity of social media that that's quite um, concerning from my perspective because people will see that as a way to inform themselves. They'll, they'll take that um, information as, as factual. And so it can be really harmful in shaping people's attitudes and beliefs towards um, the community and, and can kind of leave people feeling confused because they see the visibility of the community, but they're left to believe that, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a bad thing identifying as part of the community, for example. And with social media, we can often become quite saturated with the same information, can't we? Yes. So with algorithms, of course, if you um, engage in a negative post then it's going to be more likely that you see more and more of that similar content so on social media um, you tend to then not get that balanced view so again it's just being really mindful of that um, when you are engaging in social media um, because you will get kind of that that unbalanced view. So what's the impact on say young people who who are feeling I guess that actually they they're excluded? I think from the research that I've done, I've done quite a lot with young trans people especially. And I think the the impact is is quite negative on them um, because they are very aware of societal attitudes and they're very aware often that the, I suppose, their support network around them may also have those attitudes, so their family, for example. 
And that can lead them to, as you say, feel quite isolated. We see quite high levels then of um, loneliness. And so it can really have a, a negative impact on, on young people's health and well-being. But that goes to uh, say the same for, you know, older um, people in the community as well. Um, so, yeah, there's that real strong connection between feeling alienated and then experiences of loneliness and the impact that that can have on overall well-being. Is there somewhere you would direct people to or is there a a good source of information for people that want to learn more about the lgbtq plus community i think stonewall is quite a great organization um i know that they have a glossary of terms which i find even myself find quite useful Mm -hmm. when i i'm I'm encountering something that i've not really encountered before um but also transactual as well um for trans and gender diverse people just really understanding the experiences of, of that side of the community so i think those are the two that i I think quite yeah and I think um, when engaging there is a lot of information out there I think the internet's like a great thing and has really helped raise awareness but it's just being I suppose critical of what you are engaging in so organizations like Stonewall you know they're perceived as credible lots of great resources out there but there are other organizations or even media outlets that are perhaps pushing out information that is misinformation it's not factual so it's just reading any information that you do come across with that critical eye um, and being aware of I suppose the stance of the organization that you might be receiving that information from. I find it is really interesting obviously from the work that you've done um, and actually working with people within the community to kind of hear that actually they're really open to having engagement because I think there's a lot of fear around there's as you just said Lee and there's so many terms there's so much so many different areas to look into so many bits of information so is it the general feeling that you want to encourage people to actually engage and not be fearful of of actually getting it wrong as you said yeah I, I think that we know that just having contact with people within the community really bolsters your opinions and attitudes towards that community um so just actually, as you say, just engaging with the community and really not, not that I'm saying not worrying, but really kind of understanding that you might make mistakes and that's fine. But as long as you are open to learning from those mistakes, A, the community, people in the community are really respect you for doing that. But also, you know, it just bolsters people's opinions that maybe haven't come into contact with people in the community um, because they live quite an isolated lifestyle or something like that. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to be encouraging, I think. I mean, seeing how far it's it's come in the last, say, 20, 20 or so years, is it a general feeling that amongst the younger population, so those that are in school and education or just coming out of it, they're far better educated? And actually, it's the kind of older generation that have missed out? Yeah, I think that's kind of, as a generalised stance, I think that's um, kind of a good understanding of what's happening we tend to find I mean obviously we teach a lot of young people and their awareness understanding and even acceptance is often much greater than we see in older um, populations Um, so I think that tells us something important about any initiatives that we do develop that um, we might want to target it at older generations um, and it may be a little bit more challenging Um, But we do know, like as Liam said, that contact is really important and there is a lot of research out there that shows that with contact, people's attitudes often change in in the positive uh, direction as well. 
So as researchers, what are your aspirations for the health and well-being of the LGBTQ plus community? I think um, we need to carry on doing this really um, important work. And um, I suppose to signify that last year we set up um, an LGBTQ plus health and wellbeing research group at NTU that's situated in psychology and it's already been a really successful group. Um, we've got people at all stages of the career involved in it. Um, mostly people from from academia but also people from um, outside of academia as well and we've all kind of got that same mission of improving um, I suppose the quality of life well-being of um, the community so some of that work looks at understanding um, inequalities in health and well-being um, but also some of that work is about designing initiatives for the general population to help combat some of those negative attitudes. Um, but I'd say as academics, um, most of us are also, you know, interested outside of academia, um, you know, supporting the community, engaging in events that um, support organisations might be um, kind of putting on. And certainly within um, LGBTQ plus History Month, um, the the group, the, the LGBTQ plus health and wellbeing group will be engaging in a number of events um, to support the community and raise awareness. So in terms of the time that you've been researching the area, you know, how far has it come? What have you seen? So I've been researching in this area for about 10 years now and what I've seen is that there is much more awareness outside of academia. So my um, initial research was looking at the um, trans and gender diverse community and when I'd speak to family and friends about um, the, the focus of that research, there was just very little understanding. So I spent a lot of my time educating people um, who, who were in my life and now we see much greater awareness. I think um, the average person does have a good understanding of the LGBTQ plus community and um, kind of basic terminology. Um, but at the same time, um, progress is still slow. So we see kind of um, events happening, sometimes um, related to law within the UK, which I perceive to be quite exciting. So a good example of that was the um, public consultation around the Gender Recognition Act for, for trans and gender diverse people. And I thought this was a great opportunity to reform this really important piece of legislation. But unfortunately, um, the voices of trans people, trans and gender diverse people weren't heard and um, they were overshadowed by negative media. And so then the impact of that piece of legislation or, or the consultation around it um, was unfortunately, from, from my perspective, quite um, negative. It was quite harmful for the community. And Liam? Yeah, I think I, <clears throat> I think I can agree with you on that, that I think while there has been quite a lot of good that has happened over, I mean, I'm quite recent uh, to researching in this area, so I'm only a couple of years into researching. But again, from my personal perspective, things have definitely improved from an awareness standpoint. I mean, I started university in 2015, and again, similar to you, these things were just not really spoken about. Um, so that's a really nice thing to see, but I do agree that there's obviously a lot more that needs to be done. Um, but I think this year is the 20 year anniversary of LGBTQ plus history month. And I think thinking about things in a longer time frame, you can see some improvements. So while there's a lot of negatives um, happening, I think that there are some positives that we can really, um, really focus on as well. But there is still a lot more work that needs to be done, which is obviously our job as researchers to try and encourage that, that positive change, I think. 
And if we could leave our listeners with a, with a piece of advice, I suppose, in terms of trying to move it on in the direction that you would like to see, what would that be? I think just keep an open mind mm-hmm. and actually challenge your um, preconceptions about things. Um, and really, you know, if you see something that you don't necessarily agree with at first glance, really have a think about it because you might find that you have a lot more commonality with um you know certain movements within the community and then, then you initially feel and i think that's, mm. that's really good yeah and just to add to that i was going to say um i think it's okay to be curious um and ask questions but be respectful at, at the same time thank you both so much for joining us today it's been really interesting to, to hear more about it and certainly with you both speaking to to individuals from within the the community it's been really very interesting so thank you both thank you thank you if you want to find out more about beth and liam's work please have a look in the episode description you've been listening to the research reimagine podcast by nottingham trent university for all of the latest news from the research community at ntu follow us on twitter at ntu underscore research or sign up to our research newsletter by visiting ntu.ac.uk forward slash research thanks for listening